Thanks for coming this morning. Uh, this is our Outreach Sunday Forum. This is an opportunity for us to share about some of the good work that we do here at St. John's out in the community and out in the world. Uh, we believe here at St. John's Church that uh, faith in action is a very important thing, that uh, the things that we read and hear and pray on Sunday morning should inspire us to go out into not only our community but also into the world and take some action to do some good to make this world a better place. I am really privileged to get to work with uh, our outreach committee here at St. John's Church. That's one of my roles uh, on staff is to be the, the clergy person who works with uh, the outreach committee. And we've got a great team of folks who represent a lot of different ministries uh, um, on that committee. Uh, today we're going to be talking, highlighting some of those ministries, and we're doing it in four uh, different sections. The first one is uh, feeding ministries. Then we talk about housing ministries. Uh, we then talk about education ministries. And then the last one, we end with what we're calling other ministries. And that's a brilliant title, I know, uh, other ministries. Uh, we'll finish with uh, some Q&A at the very end. Uh, if you have any questions about what's going on during the presentations, uh, if you'll save those just to the very end, just so we can make sure we get through all of the presentations. Uh, but if you have particular questions about a ministry uh, or uh, something that we're doing here at St. John's Church, ask it at the end or speak to one of the uh, ministry representatives uh, toward the end of the presentation. So I am going to uh, start uh, the feeding ministries by introducing uh, the Odoms, Eleanor and Peter Odom. They uh, lead our Sandwich Sunday here at St. John's Church, and they will tell you just a bit about what that uh, looks like here. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I'm Peter so the Sandwich Ministry, we work with Martha's Table, which is an organization started in 1979 here in Washington, D.C. Uh, they actually do several things. Uh, they have an after-school program for inner-city kids. Their headquarters, by the way, is at 14th and V here in D.C. They do after-school for kids. Um, they do a thrift shop, and they give out food. Many of you drive up 395 and come off the tunnel at Massachusetts Avenue as you're coming up the ramp there on New Jersey Avenue, you'll see often see a van, white van off to the side with dark lettering and a, and a large line of people by the van getting food. That's Martha's Table. And uh, they have, they do arts education, they do an after school program, they do a parental engagement, and they distribute food to hungry people. They have over 16,000 volunteers. They're in the process of opening a new headquarters um, in the 8th Ward up in Anacostia. So every six months or so, St. John's does its part to support Martha's Table by delivering 1,100 sandwiches uh, to, the, to the facility over on 14th and V. We make these sandwiches right here in this very room. Um, it's a really tangible way, an easy way, that you can serve inner-city kids and serve hungry individuals and family in D.C., so having given you some of the statistics, I want to turn it over to Eleanor, who can tell you how much fun it is. Don't ever tell Andy Olivo that you want to get involved at St. John's, because the next thing you know, you're in charge of something. So... Peter and I have been really thrilled to be here. Just very quickly, we moved here from Atlanta two years ago and found our way at St. John's and uh, wanted to become part of the community. So 
I see a lot of you at church every Sunday. I feel like I know a lot of you. But if you'd like to know me or other new people and get to know people, Sandwich Sunday is perfect. It is really fun. Um, yay, Prosper helps us set up. He, he gets our frantic calls the Saturday morning for like, we're coming with our car full of bread. All you have to do, and those of you who have done it, is come down here, take two pieces of bread, put a piece of ham, a piece of cheese, put it in the sandwich baggie and be done with it. And Peter and I do all the rest. We shop for all the food. We deliver it to Martha's table. So really, it's a very easy, fun way to participate and kind of get your toe in outreach without having to make a huge commitment. It's an hour at most. So I would really love to see all of you and bring a friend. We've gotten to know people just sitting and talking around the table as we make the sandwiches. So it's a really great way to get involved. So please, you know, if you have any questions, ask us. We're doing this November 6th. A uh, little hint, it's fall backwards, I believe, that Saturday evening. So if you show up early, that's great. We'll just keep making, you know, sandwiches. But really would love to see all of you there. And Peter and I would love to get to know you better as well. So thanks a lot. I don't see Martha here, so I'll say a word about uh, our next feeding ministry, which is Grace's Table. Grace's Table uh, takes place. Uh, Preston is here. Uh, were you going to speak about, you were speaking about Habitat, right? Come on up then, Preston. I like that. Come on up. Right, Preston will talk for just a couple of minutes about Grace's Table, which is one of our ministries uh, in Georgetown. Hello, everybody. I'm Preston Sharoni. Uh, I've been uh, working with uh, Grace's group, Martha. It's Grace Episcopal Church in Georgetown, and every third Sunday, Saturday, sorry, a group of us are down at the, at the church with Reverend uh, John and Sarah, and really just feeding, a bit. we've got about, five, I'd say 45 to 50 people that normally show up, and um, there's a, a Bible study that they do, it's real quick, and then people, you get a lot of regulars that come through. And it's been very, it's been special just to go and just to sit down and sit with people as they eat and talk to people. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really something I encourage people to do. Um, and that's really it in a nutshell. There's a group of about, Robin, what, about five, five of us, ten of us that go. We oftentimes, Georgetown University has a group of kids that are there as well at the same time. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's good. So that's it. So next, um, we're going to talk about our Linton Food Drive, and Robin Anderson uh, takes the lead for our Linton Food Drive. I will, I will tell you, working with Grace's Table is one of the best things that you can do. I mean, I get more out of it when I leave than the people that we serve do. They are the most wonderful group of, we call them guests, and they truly are guests, and it is a joy to work with them. So that's just another little little plug for Grace's Table because I've really enjoyed it throughout the past year. Um, last year, we or earlier this year, we began the Lenten Food Drive, which I think we neglected for a few years due to some changes here at St. John's, but we resurrected it again this past year. And we chose um, Bread for the City was this year's beneficiary. And in addition to the food that we collected and subsequently donated, 
St. John's was generous enough to give a $500 cash gift as well to help them with their ministry. Um, donating to food banks has changed throughout the years as we as a society have become more concerned about nutrition. And just because the people that are in need of food are hungry doesn't mean that they should just live off of ramen noodles. Um, I ate ramen noodles through college. I know what they are in there, you know. There's only so many ways you can make them. Um, <laughs> and so Bread for the City went ahead and requested special items, and most were quite healthy and a little bit on the expensive side. And I know a few parishioners were a little taken aback by that. But we did bring in a lot of food, and it was a better success than I thought it was going to be. Um, I was really concerned with, with their guidelines. But um, another option that we're doing this year that I'm hoping, I'm kind of speaking out of turn here, but I'm hoping is that it's, it's difficult for a lot of parishioners to get food to the church, or you simply forget. I'll do it next week, leave it in the car, you get home, there it is. And so I'm hoping to set up like a wish list with Amazon where you can go online and have the food de delivered directly to the church. I think that would, I think that would bring in a lot more food. Um, because there's, there's a lot of people that just can't, they can't bring it. They might walk to church, they might take Metro, and you just can't carry cans and, and sacks of flour and things like that. So that's another option that I'm going to be looking at. Um, and I'll be around afterwards if there's any questions that anyone has. And, or if you have um, a beneficiary in mind. Um, last year it was, you know, this previous um, drive, it was for Bread for the City, but we're definitely open to, you know, a, a, new, a new beneficiary, including schools as well. Many of the um, colleges in the area now have food pantries for their students that, you know, they might be going to Georgetown, but they might be there on a scholarship, and food is, is the last thing that they're thinking of buying. So thank you for your time. So our final feeding ministry uh, that we're talking about today is um, some so others might eat. And this is a really easy way to feed uh, those who are hungry in our city. At the top of our stairs going right uh, up uh, to the first floor here, there are some casserole pans. Uh, and all that we ask that you do is take one, take two of those home, fill it up with uh, some good food, and then bring it back here and drop it in our freezer, which is down in the basement level here. And then that then goes to So Others Might Eat, which is an organization that takes that food to uh, the hungry in our city. It's a great way to feed, uh, to have some fun, to use some leftovers if you have leftovers. We often, uh, after our parish lunches, will uh, turn some of those leftovers into cash casseroles. And so as you are eating, as you're making meals for yourself or for your families, uh, if you have some leftovers or if you'd like to make an extra casserole of some sort, you can grab a pan and then bring it down here and it will go to someone who is hungry in our city. So I'll... I'll tell you, I, I like to eat. You all probably can tell that just by looking at me. Uh, I like to eat a whole lot, and I think that, that feeding, and I'm being serious here, I think that, that feeding 
uh, is uh, a spiritual thing. Eating with other people is uh, something that is very special. Our uh, religion, our faith, is centered around a shared meal. Uh, we gather each week to uh, remember a meal that Jesus had with our followers. Feeding uh, is a very important thing that we do here at St. John's Church, and there are now four opportunities to get involved to feed those who are hungry in our city, and we hope that you will uh, avail yourself to those opportunities. We're going to switch gears now uh, and talk about our housing ministries, uh, and we're going to talk first about rebuilding together, and Mr. Chris Gardner is going to come and share a bit about that. Good morning, everybody. I'm Chris Gardner. Um, I've been involved with uh, rebuilding together in various names for about 20 years. Uh, When I got started, it was uh, Christmas in April. Some of you might remember that. Um, and actually, it was one of the entrees to the church for me, uh, that and Latrobe Fellowship. Uh, so it was a neat uh, kind of way to meet people in a different setting, to build relationships, um, and it's been great. Uh, the, the program for St. John's has been very ably led by John Welsh for the last 15 years, and uh, oh, he has kind of passed the torch on to me, and I, hopefully I can carry it forward. Uh, Rebuilding Together is a neat ministry. It... Um, it seeks to help uh, mainly seniors in the D.C. metro area to um, help make their homes safe, warm, and dry. And when you go to some folks' homes, it's astounding how many are not safe, warm, and dry. And um, I was talking to my wife, and she was bringing up... It's a humbling experience, too, because somebody's got to admit that their house isn't what it should be. They have to ask for help. They have to be willing to let another group come into their home. Um, so there's, it's kind of a vulnerability there. Um, but we take a lot of pride in that, and we take great pleasure in, in, in helping folks. Um, we usually have 10 or 15 volunteers. Uh, we kind of blitz a house or two on the last Saturday in April. And uh, the, the, the before and the after is probably one of the the best um, kind of benefits for us is you walk into a home that's really barely inhabitable, and oftentimes you leave at the end of the day, and it's transformed. So it's, uh, it's really neat. So I would encourage anybody to watch out for announcements and to volunteer um, and come out on Saturday. Thank you. Next, um, we're going to talk for a couple of minutes about Habitat for Humanity. And Preston, are you going to come up and share a bit about that? Yeah. Um, so I, we're thinking about a ni- November 19th build date. And so I've been asked to be on the committee with Katie. And I don't even have Katie's last name. So Katie McGowan. Katie McGowan, yes. And uh, so it's, it's, um, we're in the process of putting together. So if you would, I'm not sure if we can even mark that down as a date yet on the calendar, but, but um, I'm trying to think of anything else we could say. If I have... 
Just we we've participated in Habitat for Humanity uh, in the past here at St. John's Church. Uh, we have a built for years exactly. We have a a build day on a Saturday somewhere in the city. Uh, we take volunteers over. We work from about uh, eight until five, uh, doing various tasks and uh, at various skill levels. Uh, and it is a wonderful opportunity. We haven't done it the past. Um, we didn't do it last year. We did it in 2014, um, um, but that was the last time. We didn't do it last year because we couldn't find a, a date that worked well with our uh, larger calendar here at St. John's Church. So this is an opportunity, and we've talked with Preston and Katie about, uh, like Robin said, with our food drive, resurrecting this ministry because it's important work to go out and to uh, build a house together uh, for someone, for a family uh, who needs it. And so we are hoping that in uh, the next month, month and a half, or maybe in the spring, if we can't find anything here in the fall, uh, we will have a date on a Saturday uh, to go out and build and do uh, that important work. Habitat for Humanity is a, an organization that we all know about, that we all hear about, uh, and this is St. John's participating in that, uh, in the great work that they do. So thank you, Preston, for uh, taking the lead on that. Thank you, sir. That's right. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Uh, it's it's a great. I, I participated the last time we did it here at St. John's, and again, you can probably tell this by looking at me, but I'm not exactly skilled in the house building area. Uh, but to be out there and to have those uh, uh, very young people who are out there interning with Habitat for Humanity, telling you what to do, it's a wonderful, wonderful experience. And they honestly can use use you at, at whatever skill level you find yourself. So it's a great opportunity, and and look for the announcements whenever we uh, find that date. We're going to switch gears again and talk uh, for a few minutes about uh, some of our education ministries. And first up, we're going to talk about the relationship we have uh, with the Bishop Walker School uh, here in Washington, D.C. Andrew Clark is going to tell us a little bit about that. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. So I, am, uh, I have the privilege of serving as the Bishop Walker rep to St. John's now. And uh, this is an effort that Bishop Walker is doing across the diocese, trying to get a rep in each parish so that keeps Bishop Walker front and center in the minds of parishioners in both the vestries giving decisions, in individuals giving decisions, and just to keep um, you all up to date with what's going on. I think that we in the Episcopal Diocese of Washington all have, a, have, a, have an ownership in Bishop Walker. Um, it was founded in 2008 with 13 students. It now has a student body of 93 students. And the difference it's making in the lives of these students, in the trajectory of their outcome, for life is just tremendous. Um, it's been a huge success, but it has huge challenges. It has a $2.1 million budget just to reach, just for, just for their operational budget. That's not even for capital campaigns and building new schools and so on. So how many of you have had the opportunity to visit the school? Has Great. Well, I have a sign-up sheet at the back with the volunteer op opportunities, but also offering if anybody would like to come and visit the school. They are delighted to have visitors. And it's a wonderful opportunity to come and meet the teachers, meet the boys, um, and again, see, see the school in operation. See those classrooms with, with an eight-to-one teacher-pupil ratio. Again, in a very troubled part of our city, which has had just such difficulty in the field of education, to see the Episcopal Diocese giving free tuition, 100% free tuition, in an education as good as you would get at National Cathedral School, 
in Anacostia. It's a wonderful thing to see. So we have some volunteer op um, opportunities there. One, of course, is, as I just said, coming down to visit the school. The others are, we need library volunteers. So if anybody would like to come and work in the library, maybe once, once a week, an hour a week, just to help sort out book bags, to sort out all of the gifts from the Amazon wish list that come in, and so on. Be very, very grateful to anybody who'd like to do that. Lunch Buddies, an opportunity for men over the age of 21, from any background, who want to come at lunchtime, spend lunch with a class of the boys, eat, tell stories, tell them what you, what you do for a living, inspire them, be a role model, and do that for maybe just one semester, two semesters, but you have to be able to do it once a week. So if anybody has that time and they work downtown, it's not very far over to the Holy Communion site on Martin Luther King Boulevard, so please do uh, take the opportunity to do that, and again, that's on the sign-up sheet. We have opportunities for gardeners, for anybody who wants to do groundwork. So a couple of times a year, um, again, the students go out and they do gardening. They're taught, about, um, they're taught about nutrition, about growing vegetables, about the idea of thinking about what comes from the soil and how you can influence your own diet and so on. And so, again, if you're a gardener and if you're interested at all, just take a rake and come down and, and, and help us out there. And finally, I would say that the annual dinner is also a way that you can very enjoyably offer some help to Bishop Walker School. Um, la this, this year, we had two tables from St. John's, of parishioners from St. John's. I'd love to make that four. That would be a wonderful thing this year. It's $300 per person. The wonderful thing about this evening is that we have underwriters for, from the board who pay for the whole thing. All the money goes to Bishop Walker School. So it's not just some uh, fancy evening out. It's a, you're doing something really good for the school, having fellowship, meeting people from other churches, from other parishes, and as well, meeting other people from St. John's. So I've also put a little checkbox there on the, on, the, on, the, on the sheet if you'd like more information about that. So that's it from me. Thank you. I've gone uh, a few times with Andrew to visit the school, and it's a, a wonderful experience. Uh, Andrew is a great guide, but it's just it's great to be in that space to get to see uh, the boys as they are learning, uh, to get to meet the uh, the director, the head of the school, and and the teachers. It's a really wonderful uh, school that uh, we support uh, here in in Washington D.C., and we're very proud of of the fact that we support the Bishop Walker School. So thank you, Andrew. Uh, we're going to talk next about communities in schools, CIS, and uh, Miss Ann Gardner is going to tell us a little bit about communities in schools. A little more on uh, tackling the big educational issue in, in D.C. Um, I'm going to call CIS, communities in schools CIS, so you... you get the idea without me having to go through that. But um, working with schools and their surrounding communities, CIS of the nation's capital does whatever it takes um, to help kids stay in school and succeed in life. Uh, in D.C., the need is great, as Andrew is talking about very, very specifically. In the seven schools that CIS serves, approximately 96% of the students live in poverty. The DCPS graduation rate is 
compared to a national average of 81%. That's a problem. Uh, the disparity of the graduation rate gap between white students and students of color is the largest in the nation, with more than 20% uh, um, with more than a 20 percentage point difference. Based directly, CIS is based directly inside seven DC public schools and connects students and their families to basic and critical educational uh, and community-based resources tailored to each student's specific needs. Each year, CIS works in, uh, to change the picture of education for over 3,100 students. Um, keeping them in school, doing whatever it takes to eliminate barriers, and never giving up. For more than 12 years, St. John, John's Church has supported CIS financially through our outreach budget and through the time and talent of our parishioners with tutoring programs and a career day. This year, we are offering several opportunities for our parishioners to become engaged and involved, varying in time from one time from a one-time commitment of two to three hours to one afternoon a week for six weeks. Our CIS coordinators who, who are here at St. John's Church can help provide transportation. That's always an issue um, in coordinating transportation, getting people to, to sites where, where the metro system is not uh, very, very helpful. Um, so this year, um, we're kind of responding to a challenge that Luis gave us uh, last year. Uh, and that challenge is to try to offer some opportunities to everybody, ranging from one hour to maybe six hours and so forth, because uh, we really are looking forward to more involvement and more engagement from, from our uh, church community. The first is the family food market. And just a, a word about that, um, most of the schools, or all of the schools that we're in, uh, as you know, poverty is a huge issue. And many of the families don't get enough food, can't get enough food to serve their, their children and meet all of the nutritional needs. So once a month, we help at either Martha's Table or some of the other food, food groups um, in a food market. And the families come and pack up their grocery bags, and uh, many of them, depending on how many children they have, and go home and have at least some basic needs taken care of. And then the second um, opportunity will be career, uh, one or two career fairs where our parishioners can um, offer their, their skills and their resources, their their backgrounds and experiences to these kids to really open up their minds to something other than being a fireman or a police chief, a policeman, and so forth. So we did this several years ago uh, at one of our, our partner schools with St. John's Church, and it was just fantastic. I remember Joanne coming and speaking about gardening, and um, I'm not sure who else was there, but. It was a very, very successful time, and the, the eyes and ears of the kids was, were really opened. And then another big one is, this year is report card conferencing. That's uh, 
a one or two hour commitment. It's at uh, Cardozo um, Middle and High School. And the opportunity there is to meet with, with a student and just talk about their report card, what, what they, how they did, what they might do differently, just being a caring adult who, who is, is really interested in who they are and what they're doing. And then the final pro project that we'll be offering is um, called the Journal Project. And this is um, a really exciting idea and opportunity that uh, one of our parishioners has developed, Susan Lewis. And um, she did this kind of as an experiment last year, and it really worked beautifully. So she works with a small group of students to create art and write about it. So write about experiences, write about what's going on, and as you can imagine, that generates an opportunity for kids to really share who they are and uh, get some real meaning about, um, about their ideas and, and so forth. So um, that will be in the spring, and just please watch uh, all of the bulletins and the announcements for, uh, for the announce announcements for the dates that we want to get scheduled. And we'd love to have you join us. We're going to switch again. Uh, actually, we have got one more ministry in this category to talk about, and that is uh, our relationship with the Kwasa School in South Africa. And Keiko is going to show us a video and say a few words after the video. Do you need this? Hi, everyone. My name is Keiko Yoshino, and I uh, went with the ministry last year to um, Kwasa, um, and we made a short video, so hopefully you can watch some of it and then see, and we'll talk about it after. Oop! Psych. Never needed to 
little bit about uh, what the school what the school was like um, again we were very fortunate to go down there and um, visit the purpose of this trip was uh, to bless uh, classrooms three and four right now they have a pre-kindergarten a kindergarten and first and second grade classroom uh, these kids live in the most destitute uh, type situations there are missing parents, there's uh, HIV, AIDS. Um, one girl that I had got to know is Ninkosi. She's in fourth grade, and she lives actually in housing provided by the school. There's a girl's house and a boy's house, each with about um, 10 children in them each. And for five days a week, uh, they have a house mother that, took, that looks after them and cooks and cleans. Um, and on the weekends, they go to the shantytown where they have someone, like a brother or a sister, still living. Uh, Ninkosi's parents... Both have HIV and AIDS, um, and she has a sister uh, that stays at the house as well. Um, there are a lot of needs at Kwasa that became readily apparent when you go to visit. Um, the teachers, there's only a handful of teachers. Um, they run with a lot of volunteers in the afternoon. So from pre-K to first and second grade, they offer meals. You saw breakfast was being served. Um, they serve breakfast for pre-K to second grade, and then in the afternoon, um, a bus comes with kids from uh, kids that were on scholarship at, in local schools nearby on three and four, like Ninkosi. She comes in there, there's lunch provided. Um, let's see, so food, volunteers, supplies, books, everything, um, they're getting through donations. Um, and the goal is to build a whole school. So they're doing it a couple classrooms at a time. So what we went to in last October was the blessings of um, classrooms three and four. Oh, and then every year uh, we, we try to alternate. So this year, Quasa students hopefully will be coming to St. John's. Um, and then next year, we will send another delegation to Quasa. So if you want more information or you'd like to see the video, more, there's plenty of opportunities for all that. Okay. Let's How many of you all have been to Kwasa? All right, not so many. A few people, though. Uh, I've not been. I want to go. Kwasa uh, has a special place uh, in my wife's life. She was there for almost a year, sent by St. John's Church before I knew her, and it's a, a really wonderful group, and we have a really wonderful relationship with, uh, with Kwasa here at St. John's Church. So if you are able to go on uh, a trip in the future, I would encourage you to do that because I think, uh, as Keiko and others will attest to it, it's a life-changing experience to be in, in that place. Um, so that's, those are our, our education ministries. And just as we transition out of that and move into our, our other ministries, uh, just a word on education. Think about how important your own education has been, is, 
to you and the education of your children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, uh, how important uh, those educations have been. We are uh, blessed to be a very, high, a very highly educated congregation here at St. John's Church. That's a wonderful blessing. This is a way for us to give back uh, to those who don't have all of those same advantages and blessings that we have had. So as you think about how you can help those in our own city across the world who are in need, think about the Bishop Walker School, think about communities in schools. Think about uh, the Kwasa Center. Uh, These are wonderful ways uh, to give back and to give others an opportunity to learn and grow as well. So we're going to switch to our other ministries, the long-awaited other ministries. We'll start with um, first with the Washington Interfaith Network. And Aaron Waddell is one of the people who represents uh, uh, represents the Washington Interfaith Network, Uh, but she wasn't able to be here, and so she sent me this very nice summary of some of her thoughts, and I'll read just a bit of what she says. She says, the importance of of WIN is that it brings people from across the city together, from all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of faith traditions, who share the belief that God is a God of love and justice and does not intend for people to suffer in the ways that people are suffering in Washington, D.C., she says, even though we might not agree on, agree on fine points of theology, we do agree that things are not as they should be and not as God intends for them to be, and that we cannot, standing alone, be nearly as effective in improving the situation as we can when we work together. So WIN uh, works in a number of areas in this city. They do voter registration. Uh, right now they are beginning to do more uh, work around gun violence, uh, Uh, which is rampant in this city. Uh, They do work around uh, fair housing, uh, better housing for those who need it. Uh, They're working uh, with uh, the the drivers of the circulator buses to make sure that they are being paid a fair wage. And we do this with other churches, other uh, communities of faith uh, in our city. We come together, we organize, we have actions, we go to the mayor's office, and we, we... demand, really, in a lot of ways, that these things be changed, because we believe that as people of God, whatever God uh, the folks in this city might believe in, that that is our calling, that we are to come together and work for the greater good in this city. So there are actions that take place uh, almost every week in uh, Washington, D.C., with the Washington Interfaith Network, and if you are interested in participating in some of those actions, I would encourage you to be in touch with, with Aaron Waddle with John Moore, with me, and we can make sure to uh, get you going in the right direction. So that's the Washington Interfaith Network. Um, Another organization that we are working to revive, resurrect, is our relationship with uh, Seabury, uh, which is uh, formerly called the Episcopal Senior Ministries. Uh, they are a nonprofit organization that provides free and affordable support to adults, uh, older adults and their families undergoing uh, life uh, transitions. Uh, we are working to come up with some days in the next few months, some Saturdays in the next few months, uh, on which St. John's will bring a, a small group of volunteers similar to the work that we do with Rebuilding Together to to a home of an old uh, an elderly Seabury uh, resident to do yard work, uh, house cleaning, odd jobs. And this is really important work that we can do to support some of our older members in this city who are who are struggling. So as you uh, look for opportunities to serve in the next 
uh, few months, look for uh, some of the dates that we will post about the Seabury uh, resources for, for the elderly in our city. Get to hear a little bit from me again. Um, the toy drive. I can't tell you how, and you all know this, but how, how generous St. John's Church is in so many ways. And that is uh, manifested for sure when we have our toy drive each year. Uh, the toy drive starts uh, in November. Uh, we collect toys for a number of different organizations. They give us uh, the names of children who have uh, particular needs, whether it's clothing or books or toys. Uh, and we then post those in the parish house, the names of those children with their needs. And then members of the congregation go out and do some shopping uh, for the holiday season and bring those back here. It is always uh, astounding to me how many toys and books and clothes are brought back here, bikes, amazing things that are brought back here to St. John's Church, so much so that we fill typically the uh, room on the fourth floor that sits next to Kay Edwards' office uh, with with toys and goods for children in our city. We will start uh, the toy drive this year on November 6th, so uh, really about a month from today, we'll post the names of uh, the kids and their needs, and then that, those names will remain up there until they're all taken away, but uh, through the 13th, the 20th, the 27th, and then December 4th will be the last day that we will be collecting toys here at the church. So that's step one of the toy drive. Step two of the toy drive is also very important, and that is the the wrapping party that we throw to wrap all of the toys. All of those things that are collected, we ask that they not be wrapped because we want to make sure, uh, one, that they are uh, appropriate, uh, but two, if we need to uh, uh, sort of make sure that other kids have uh, some toys, if they didn't get very much, we can we can sort of move those around in there. But on December 10th of this year, which is a, a Saturday, we will throw our St. John's Toy Drive wrapping party, and we do that on the fourth floor, and we come and wrap toys for for as long as we need to come and wrap toys and we provide lunch and we have some some great Christmas music and it's a great way not only to uh, give back but to be with some other St. John's parishioners and to do some good around the holiday season. So look for uh, information about the toy drive which will be posted at the beginning of next month. It's hard to believe it's October and Christmas is so close. One more bit from me and then we're done. Uh, Our last... Uh, other ministry is one that is also very important here at St. John's Church, and it's our clothing drive. We have two clothing drives a year. We have one in the fall, one in the spring, and the one in the fall is taking place uh, right now. This is the first day of the fall clothing drive. Um, Matthew Taylor and Katie Bubols are our clothing drive coordinators. They are here at the church, but they're upstairs right now uh, in the front parlor sorting through all of the clothes that have already come in on the first day of our clothing drive. Uh, The way to support the clothing drive is is really easy. As you are transitioning your clothes, moving from from summer to fall to winter, uh, if there are things that you no longer wear or things that are like most of my clothes getting a little tighter, uh, bring them here and they will go to 
folks in our city who desperately need uh, good clothes for job interviews, for warmth as we move into uh, the cold season. Uh, they need shower shoes as they take showers in some of the uh, uh, some of the accommodations, overnight accommodations. They need toiletries as you go to uh, hotels, as you're traveling around. Many of us travel for, for business, for pleasure. If you bring back some of those, those toiletries, they can use those. They need deodorant. Uh, if you have, uh, as you're out shopping, some opportunities to buy a couple extra sticks of deodorant, they will uh, greatly appreciate that. Uh, pretty much anything for men, for women, for children can be used. And we work with um, an organization called Keys for the Homeless. And Valerie, uh, Valerie Johnson, who's the head of that organization, then uh, works with about 10 other organizations in the city. And after we collect the clothes here, she then takes all of the clothes contacts all of those organizations and finds out their needs and then delivers all of those clothes to those various organizations. So you have this Sunday, next Sunday, and then the 16th is our last Sunday this fall to to donate clothes to the clothing drive. And if you'd like to help sort clothes, I know that Matthew and Katie would love uh, that help as well. Just stay around after one of the Sunday services and she'll, they'll be glad to, to have you help them sort through everything. We collect, we do collect toiletries year round, and we once we sort of get a a mass of them, we deliver those to Valerie. But yeah, year round we collect toiletries, but we just do the clothing drive uh, fall and spring, and and so yeah, that's a great question, Leah. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Bring, bring them in during the week, and we can, we can hold them here until the next Sunday. Um, uh, that's absolutely fine. Yep, please just, just uh, give us a call and let us know when you're coming to make sure that we're here and we're ready to receive those clothes. Yeah. And there are, if, you, if you'd like a tax receipt, there are uh, tax receipts available if you uh, bring those clothes and, and want one of those good things. They are taking linens this year, absolutely. Yeah, if you have uh, new or gently used linens or towels, uh, they take those as well. They need those. They distribute those to, uh, to folks who, who need them. So do bring those in as well.